Welcome to another podcast of Airsoft Medicine. This one coming up uh, in the archive from the days of doing the uh, shows for CQB Radio is the one with the dentist, Dr. Kihara, where we t- speak about dental injuries and dental protection in Airsoft. And uh, depending on when you're listening to this, we have a YouTube video coming up on the Dr. Airsoft series where we'll actually look at some mouth guards, uh, sport guards, the Pro Dent Tech will be in an upcoming video, so you can look forward to that if uh, if you're listening to this before we actually get that video out, or if you're listening to it after we get it out sometime in early 2011, you'll be able to look at it at YouTube at the Auburn Medical Group channel. You can also become a fan on Facebook of Dr. Airsoft and look at our website at airsoftmedicine.com for more information about airsoft safety. If you're listening to your podcast through iTunes, please rate us on iTunes. Let's get into the show. Whether you need an AEG rifle, a gas blowback rifle, or a gas blowback pistol, Airsoft Extreme is the place to go. Try them out and to buy them. Airsoft Extreme carries all the major brands of guns, tactical gear, BBs, whatever it is you need to play, go to Airsoft Extreme. So the only thing you need to remember is AirsoftExtreme.com. Thanks, Carp, for having us back on CKB Radio. This is Dr. Airsoft. And on this episode, we want to talk with Dr. Rodney Kihara about dental injuries and airsoft. Dr. Kihara, just to get a basic introduction, can you tell us uh, where you trained and uh, when and where you're practicing? Sure. Um, I went to dental school at University of California, San Francisco, and I've been practicing for about 25 years now. Um, and I practice here in Auburn, California, and I have a general practice dentist, uh, dental office. And we were talking a little bit before the recording about Airsoft. You told me that you actually have not in your practice over those 25 years ever seen a, uh, in a general dentistry practice, ever seen an Airsoft injury, a dental Airsoft injury. You know, I have never actually seen an actual <laughs> injury to the um, mouth or tooth from Airsoft. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't occur, but I, I haven't personally seen one. I can imagine what it uh, could happen, though. And the type of injury that we're most concerned about is one that either causes some kind of uh, difficulty with using your teeth, either speech or eating or Mm -hmm. cosmetic concerns. Uh And we're talking mainly about the front teeth. I I think traditionally most injuries, um, trauma to the teeth, involve the front teeth. It's interesting because most people will fall and the front teeth are right there and that's what they're going to hit. And I have to assume talking to you about uh, airsoft uh, guns and, and uh, the um, whole thing about airsoft, the anterior teeth are the, the teeth that are going to be at most risk. Okay. And so these are the, the buck teeth or the front uh, teeth. Oh, I'm the, sorry. The anterior, the front, your front upper teeth. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and that's what's right out there, obviously exposed uh, when the mouth is open. That's what you see first. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're right there. Um, they're the most exposed. They're the ones that if a projectile is going to come and hit the mouth, those are the first ones, in most cases, are probably going to be hit. So we're concerned about those teeth, uh, the gums immediately surrounding the front teeth, mm-hmm. um, and then any soft tissue areas around that, the lips mm-hmm. or, and such, wouldn't fall so much under the dental area, but that would fall more under my area, mm-hmm. uh, emergency medicine or trauma or family yeah. medicine. What types of injuries are we looking at happening to the, the tooth or the gum? Well, you know, talking to you about um, 
the airsoft, the projectile, looking at the projectile and how the speed that it uh, it goes at. I, I'd have to assume one you'd either get a soft tissue injury um, just by hitting the gum, the lips, the tongue, maybe if it goes that far. Um, and usually the soft tissue injury in, in, uh, injuries, um, and I'm sure you're pretty aware of, they look terrible, they're bleeding, but they're the ones that heal up yeah. best. I mean, That's right. they, they have the best outcome. Now, dentally related, as far as um, injury to the tooth, uh, I think you can kind of classify uh, the tooth injuries in four different areas. Before I can kind of describe to you the types of injuries that can happen to the tooth, I think I have to explain to you or give you a, a brief description of the uh, tooth and the tooth structure. You can kind of divide the tooth into two se different sections. The root of the tooth, which is um, below the gum line, and that anchors the tooth into the uh, bone in the gums. And then the crown portion or the top portion of the tooth, and that's the part you see and that you function with and you smile with and you see. Um, the tooth itself is made up of different materials. Um, the tooth isn't a solid piece of enamel. Uh, you have a softer uh, substructure called dentin, and the bulk of the tooth is made of that. You have a surface layer uh, along the root called cementum, and then on top you have, or the crown portion of the tooth, you have a layer of enamel, um, and that's the hardest substance in the body. Um, inside the tooth, it's hollow, and in, in that area, in that hollow chamber there, you have the pulp. And the pulp consists of a blood supply and then the nerve tissue of the tooth. So it's really important to understand those uh, different areas of the tooth because uh, what we do and the extent of injury um, will determine um, uh, the involvement of those structures. And so you can uh, classify, I suppose, uh, the injuries in Four different areas. One would be just involvement of the enamel, okay, and you can have uh, trauma to the enamel, um, and the enamel still could be intact. So you can have little fracture or craze lines in the enamel. A lot of times in that kind of injury, we don't do anything because the tooth is still intact. You got fracture lines, and lots of people have that in anterior teeth. It's amazing, and they're it's asymptomatic, doesn't hurt them. We don't do anything. That's the typical. Oh, I chipped my tooth. Well. Not quite. Okay. Okay. Uh, the second type of injury is where you actually injure uh, or break off part of the enamel itself. So the first one is where the enamel is still intact. Oh, okay. You just have an internal fracture line in it. Okay. The second type is where the actual uh, a piece of enamel has chipped off. A separation. Okay. Now, the uh, interesting part about that is the enamel itself, you don't feel anything. I could drill on enamel and no one will ever feel that. It's when I get past the enamel and I get under the softer uh, dentin layer that anyone feels anything. So in an anterior tooth, if it's a very small chip, sometimes um, we'll elect just to smooth it down and patients are fine with that. Sometimes if it's a larger chip, just in the enamel, we'll have to do a filling. Okay, So it, it kind of depends on the extent. Sometimes if it goes further, and that's the third type of injury where you actually go past the enamel and into the dentin layer, that usually will have to do uh, a more definitive restoration. So, uh, and, and the reason is because the softer dentin layer, which is usually uh, more sensitive, in other words, you'll, you'll feel cold and you'll feel um, um, uh, just a touch sometimes to it, um, 
we'll have to cover that with some type of material. And usually as a, in the anterior tooth is a white type of filling material. Sometimes if you break it off far enough, it may require a crown to it. The fourth type of injury involves the pulp. And so you go from the enamel, the dentin, and it exposes the pulp or nerve inside. In most cases, in that situation, you'll see either a little area of the tooth bleeding, you'll see a red area, and that's because the soft tissue of the pulp is exposed and you get hemorrhaging. In that case, usually you'll need a root canal mm. and some type of crown or full coverage restoration. Um, and it, it kind of depends on where it's at and uh, what the um, dentist and the patient elects to do. So if we're to talk about um, the amount of inconvenience that this would make for a person who has this happen to them, if the extreme is going all the way to the pulp where they can see red, requiring a, a, a root canal, that requires more than one visit to their dentist? Yes. Uh, the root canal usually consists of a couple of appointments. Um, and then depending on how far extensive the break is, may require uh, what we call a post and then the tooth will have to be built up again and then prepared for the crown. And the crown appointment's usually uh, two appointments. It gets to be kind of expensive when you start it, getting yeah. a root canal and a crown. So yeah. this progression you described of just a fracture without any uh, piece coming off, a chip where there is actually a little chip that comes off mm -hmm. into the dent pulp, uh, I'm guessing that the cost of repair of these goes up exponentially as we go deeper into the tooth. Oh, yeah. Usually, the more extensive the break or the injury, the more extensive uh, the procedure and the, obviously the cost. More visits. Now, I, I do have to um, step back a little bit on this and caution people. Just because the tooth is hit and you don't see any uh, part of the tooth fracture doesn't mean that the nerve doesn't get involved. Sometimes what will happen is the nerve will have trauma to it. The tooth itself is fully intact, but the nerve can die. And in that case, when the nerve dies, you would need a root canal. Hmm. And then eventually, depending on, again, depending on the dentist and what tooth it is, you may elect to get a crown or sometimes they may choose not to and, and um, do a more conservative restoration. Now, from general dentistry, you'd be familiar with some types of protection for teeth. Uh, in a lot of sports, they require a, a mouth guard. Uh -huh. And some people even in airsoft are using those, although we're trying to find things that keep the, uh, the projectile from even getting to the mouth, so you don't even need a mouth guard. But uh, do you expect that a, a typical sports mouth guard would protect uh, from dental injury from airsoft? You know, I, I, I suppose, uh, depending on where the projectile hits, uh, most... Uh, uh, dental mouth guards actually cover the upper teeth or the front top teeth. And so if the projectile hits those, that area, those teeth, and you have a mouth guard, then it'll probably offer quite a bit of protection. Um, if it's a lower tooth, mm. it's not covered so by the mouth guard. So you'd probably hit that. Oh boy. And are there different types of mouth guards? Are there ones you can just go to a sports store and get? And then uh, another option of going to the dentist and having one custom made? Well, you know, there, there are custom-made ones where you can actually get personally fitted. We take an impression, and it's molded to a uh, 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 person-specific mouth and dentition. There are different 
types of material that are used depending on the sport. So some have certain different types of layers. So some will have a hard layer on the outside, a softer layer inside to help uh, prevent um, certain types of injury. And it depends, again, it depends on the type of sport. Now, there are um, over-the-counter ones that you could buy at the sports stores, the boil and bite ones. And, um, you know, that's better, probably better than nothing. I have to tell you, just looking at what you guys do in the airsoft field there, I would think uh, a mouth guard would be kind of nice, not necessarily from the point of view of being hit by the projectile, but actually from just falling. Um, and Like uh, many sports. Yeah. You know, if you fall and you fall on your chin, a lot of times your lower teeth will mm-hmm. hit the upper teeth and you'll chip that. I mean, that happens a lot. Also from con- concussion. Basketball is one of the few sports that um, don't use mouth guards. But I know there's a lot of um, people in the dental field that are pushing for um, oh, yeah. basketball players, especially high school basketball players, to wear mouth guards. They've shown where you actually have some injury. The mouth guard prevents concussions because it, it mm-hmm. shocks that lower jaw. I mean, it uh, acts like a shock absorber. And when you hit your lower jaw, it hits that mouth guard, which is kind of soft, and it prevents um, some types of injuries as far as concussions. And, so and, and that's true for any sport where you're yeah. running around because there's yeah. always a potential to trip over something especially out in the woods. It's not very expensive, especially the boil and bake ones. <laughs> you know, if you can save that, then um, uh, dental injury or even uh, other types of injury, I, I think it's well worth the money. After our discussion of Airsoft, is there any final word of advice you'd want our listeners to hear about uh, protecting their teeth while playing? Um, I think just using common sense. Um, you know, talking to you about following the rules of engagement in, in, in this sport, making sure that you follow that, making sure that you are aware of other people. And you're referring and, to minimum engagement distances. Yes, minimum so engagement distances. Making sure you don't get overzealous about getting that, uh, you know, uh, your opponent. Yeah. And following the rules. I mean, that makes sense. The rules are there for a reason. So yeah. I, I think if people followed that, a lot of these types of injuries, as well as other ones, would be avoided. Okay. Thanks a lot for being on our show or our segment for, uh, uh-huh. for CQB Radio. And uh, if something new comes up, can we have you back on the show? Uh, sure. I, if I, I'd if love you have a come. case that the, the sure. patient gives you permission, maybe we can share it. Sure. Okay. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. I also want our listeners to know that we are doing testing of Airsoft face masks. In fact, we've already done the testing on two items. One is the Hakatsu iron face mask and the other one is the bitter end lower face mask and even though the videos won't be released at uh, airsoftmedicine.com for uh, a few more weeks i'll let you know right now what the results were so this is kind of like a, a preview for you the hakatsu iron face was a little bit marred you could see where it was hit but it didn't let anything pass at all and the iron or the bitter end lower face mask did allow BB fragments through, and the styrofoam head we were using did have some little dark blue, black BB fragments embedded in the styrofoam. But I'll tell you what, if we're trying to protect against a dental injury, you would be protected wearing that mask. Even though little plastic fragments did get through, they're not going to injure a a tooth. Uh, Now, they may hit you and, and cause a little bit of soft tissue injury, but uh, certainly nothing as bad as you're going to get uh, on your skin in areas where you're not wearing that mask. So it provides dental protection. Again, that's the Hakatsu Iron Face Mask 
and the bitter end lower face mask. So keep an eye out for those and further testing that we'll be doing at uh, airsoftmedicine.com. Until next time, this is Dr. Airsoft saying, play safely. Spartan Imports Incorporated is one of North America's largest distributors of premium quality airsoft products for military training and recreational purposes. Our major product lines have full warranties, and we offer comprehensive in-house, dealer, and consumer technical support. Among the many brands and items we carry, Spartan Imports is the exclusive distributor of Magpul licensed PTS, airsoft products, classic army and javelin brands of airsoft guns, and amp tactical and mag brands of high-quality airsoft and recreational shooting optics and accessories.